Um, yeah, morning everyone, and it's such a privilege to be able to speak uh, today. So yeah, as Nigel said, we're going to continue in the book of Acts, and you know, the story so far, uh, Peter and John had healed a lame man, you know, it was the talk of the town in, in Jerusalem, you know, it says even 5,000 people had come to believe in Jesus. The religious leaders, of course, were not happy with this because people were turning to Jesus. The name of Jesus was on everybody's lips. And so the religious leaders brought Peter and John before them. So these were the elders, the scholars, you know, even Annas, the high priest who had led in the crucifixion of Jesus was also present. The who's and who's of high priests were present. And um, so we're going to read from Acts 14 as Peter and John stand before the Sanhedrin. So um, Acts 4, 13 to 22. So it says, um, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since, okay, um, but since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them uh, to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Um, then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Uh, then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Oh, sorry, I think I'm repeating. I, <laughs> I don't know where verse 21 and 22 is. Um, sorry, I'll put up my Bible. Oh, yeah, and further threats, after further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was mirac miraculously healed was over 40 years old. You know, it says, um, so going into verse 13, it says they saw the courage of Peter and John. You know, Peter and, and John had such a boldness, you know, a free and fearless confidence. You know, their, their speech was unreserved. They talked frankly, you know, they spoke truth to power with such authority. And they, the religious leaders, you know, they perceived them to be ordinary men, you know, common men, uneducated men. And yeah, it was true, you know, Peter and John, they didn't hold any religious office or any public office. You know, they weren't well known in religious circles. And in contrast, the men that they stood before um, were well-educated, you know, they were religious scholars, teachers of the law, high priests, you know, scribes who probably knew the texts, the religious texts in and out. And yet these leaders marveled, you know, they were astonished and were amazed at Peter and John's boldness. You know, it says that they recognized that these men had been with Jesus. 
So even with all the impressive CVs and credentials, you know, um, the high priest had no comeback. You know, they had nothing to oppose Peter and John because the, the man stood there. The 40-year-old man stood there. And, you know, he said he was always by the temple gate. So that means the people in Jerusalem would have known this man, you know, as they went about their daily business. They would have seen this man all the time. And the high priest had no idea how to respond to them. You know, they even said, Peter and John, leave the Sahedron. And they tried to confer. And, you know, like, what should we do with these men? And there was nothing. You know, all they could do in the end was just to have, you know, these um, threats, just to threaten them and say, but it was empty threats. You know, they knew. But Peter and John stood their ground and, and you know, they spoke boldly. And they said, you know, what we've seen and what we've heard and what we know, we cannot keep quiet you know, for what God is doing in us. And they had no choice but to let them go. But I think today I want to focus on Acts 13. Yeah, I'm sorry, Acts 4, verse 13. So the first, the very first verse that we read. Um, and I want to hone in on the fact that Peter and John were ordinary people. You know, men who were just like you and me. They were ordinary people. You know, sometimes when we read the scriptures or when you read the early church, you almost forget that they were ordinary people. I, for one, will put the apostles like on a pedestal and say, gosh, Lord, I wish we were like the apostles. I wish we were like the early church. Look how they were so united, how they were so together, how they did stuff. Oh, God, if we could only, you know, what we could achieve for the kingdom and everything like that. And yet we are reminded, the Bible says these were ordinary men, ordinary men like you and me. Um. You know, they didn't necessarily have it all together. You know, if we just uh, look back like a month earlier, just over a month earlier, Peter, the night before uh, Jesus was crucified, he was in the high priest's courtyard. And a servant girl, someone with no authority at all, you know, confronted him and says, no, but you were one of his disciples, weren't you? You know, and he was, he vehemently denied it. He, he distanced himself so much from it. And actually, sometimes I relate to Peter because I'm like that. I was like, if I was in that situation, probably I would have reacted the same. And even in my daily life, it happens, you know, sometimes I'm so fearful just to share the word. Sometimes I've got a colleague or a friend who's struggling. And I know of a hope that goes beyond the grave. You know, I know of Jesus who will give them peace. You know, I know of Jesus who will heal. But how many times do I hesitate or actually sometimes I go and I don't even say anything and I just like, I'll say a, a small prayer. So actually I can relate to Peter and how he was at this point in that sometimes, you know, we're so fearful and everything. And yet they went on uh, to do these amazing things. So actually Peter and John were ordinary men, but they were ordinary men who had been with Jesus. And, you know, Jesus, God loves to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things for his glory, for his kingdom. You know, the Bible is so full of ordinary men and ordinary women who God uses to do extraordinary things. And he, God still desires that today. He still wants to use us, no matter how we perceive ourselves, for his glory and for his kingdom. And um, going back to verse 13, um, it says, you know, we notice that they marveled at their boldness, you know, because they recognized that he had been with Jesus. So for, for, for us, the key is that the disciples had been with Jesus 
and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. So actually, that's a good thing. It's not about us. It's got nothing to do with us. It's not about who we are or what we've done or what we haven't done or where we're lacking or where we're doing very well. It's all about him. It is all about Jesus. And we're not saying that it's always easy. You know, our struggle, however, should never be uh, about um, trying to change ourselves or trying to change our characteristics. That's not where the struggle is. You know, it's never about our abilities or our potentials or anything. What it is about is the, it is about him. It is about Jesus, you know. Nothing can disqualify us from being used by God in great ways. You know, he is the one who qualifies us. And then we go on to do great things for him. And um, I think as we spend more time with Jesus, this, this is what the disciples did. They spent time with Jesus. And as we spend more time with God, we become like him. And I just want to read this verse in um, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. And it says, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is spirit. So as we behold Jesus, as we spend time with Jesus, we are transformed into being more and more like him. You know, the way Peter and John says, we can't help, but this is what we see. This is what we know. You know, out of that overflow of spending time with him, that overflow of being filled with the Holy Spirit, then can, you know, um, then we become more like him. And I guess the question is like us as ordinary people, um, how do we respond to him? You know, we need, I, I, um, we need uh, to be willing to leave everything to follow Jesus. And as some of you will say, oh, I've already been saved. I already believe that God is my Lord and Savior. But we still need to have that daily following of Jesus. We need to be following Jesus daily. You know, when Jesus called his disciples, they left everything behind, their careers, their ambitions, their families to follow him. You know, Simon Peter and his brother, they were fishing when Jesus called them. They, it, it says that they left their boats and their nets and they followed Jesus. You know, um, and doesn't mean that everyone is going to be asked to leave their careers or their homes to follow Jesus. But I guess the question is, are we willing to follow Jesus? Are we willing to put down the things that distract us or are in the way of us following Jesus daily? You know, these men spent time with Jesus. They spent three years with Jesus. And in that time, it was daily. It wasn't like, oh, I'm on annual leave. I'm going away and coming back. They spent all that time with Jesus. And, you know, and they had that opportunity. As they spent time with him. You know, they sat at his feet. They observed him. They fellowshiped with him. They observed him. They learned from him. You know, we know of, of them saying, Lord, teach us how to pray. They were there when Jesus preached and did all that. So they spent time with Jesus. And I guess that's the question for us. Even as follow of his followers, are we willing to be daily following him in everything that we do? And Jesus invites us. You know, he's always inviting us. He's always saying, come and follow me. The question is, are we willing to follow him. You know, God really wants to equip us. He really wants uh, to equip us ordinary people, people of 
no significance. You know, like, what can I possibly do in a world that is hurting like this? What can I do? It's not really about us, but what God can do in us. So are we willing to be faithful in following him? You know, the same Holy Spirit, you know, when we look at um, the apostles, all those miracles that took place, the boldness that they had to stand before these religious leaders, to boldly say, stand up in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Um, that same Holy Spirit that filled the apostles is the same Holy Spirit that is available to us this very day. And he is ready and willing to fill us with his Holy Spirit. So I guess the challenge is as a church, how do we follow Jesus daily? You know, sometimes we're, I always listen, I always want like practical things, like what can I do to be following Jesus on a daily basis? And I think the first thing is we need to spend time in the word. You know, get to know Jesus. Be discipled by Jesus in his word. You know, it's a daily commitment about spending time. And he calls us to be faithful. You know, find what works for you. You know, these days as Christians, I think we're so fortunate in that um, we've got a lot of tools at our disposal. There are apps, you know, there are audio Bibles, there are reading plans, there are books, there are study. You know, there is so much at our disposal. You know, we, there's no prescriptive thing to say, oh, you need to spend this amount of time. You need to be reading this. You need to be doing that. Find what works for you, but make it a commitment to say, actually, daily, I want to be at Jesus's feet, learning from him, you know, so that is the commitment. And then if we read in John 15, verse five, Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. So that's, you know, God still invites us, come, remain in me. You know, I'm the vine, connect to me. And for sure, if you connect to me, you will bear much fruit. You know, that is the promise that when we are in him and we dwell in him, we will bear much fruit. So that's um, the first thing that we do, spend time in the word. And then also the second thing, fellowship with one another. You know, when we look at the book of Acts uh, right at the beginning as we've been going through, we know that um, the apostles spent so much time together in community with one another. You know, we are a body that's made up of so many parts and we need each other. We need to be fellowshipping together. You know, the apostles broke bread together. They lived in community with each other. They shared you know, they did so many things together. And I know we're in a lockdown and it's so difficult um, to be together as a church. But even here in Gateway, there's been so many things that have been put in place to help us to be a community. And even just in this Zoom call that we're having right now as a church on a Sunday, it's coming together, being encouraged, people bringing different words and being encouraged and being lifted and so it's really important that um, we come together. And also, are you connected to a small group? You know, there's, we've been talking about getting into small groups. There's still uh, places um, in a lot of small groups. Are we connected so that we can be people who encourage each other? You know, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. You need people to walk alongside you, to, 
to encourage you, you know, daily. And I just remember last week, I went on a walk with a friend, you know, and I was telling her that, look, I'm really struggling with prayer. I'm really struggling. I know I need to be praying. I know I need to be spending time with the word, but I'm really struggling. And, you know, just her talking and saying, look, these are some of the things that I do. These are some of the things that I find helpful. I was able to pick up one or two things that have really helped me. Am I there yet? No. But, you know, I, I just by speaking with her and spending time with her, I, I feel like, you know, it's getting better. And that's exactly it. Spend time with people who love God and know God. And um, you will be encouraged that way as well. And I think the last thing that I'll say is um, the apostles, they spent or they were all joined together in prayer. So from Acts 1.14, it says that they were all joined together in prayer. You know, there's power. Even Ben, um, when he was sharing that, we need to be a prayerful people. You know, we need to spend time with God, hearing from God, speaking to God. And um, I know there's daily prayers that happen at 8 a.m. So 8 to 8.30, Monday to Friday. And on Sunday as well, before the service, from 9 to 9.30, there are prayers that go on. And Nigel has just told us about 40 days of prayer. And I really believe that if we are to spend time with Jesus, if we are to be discipled by Jesus, we need to spend time praying. And even just reading through the Gospels, the amount of time that Jesus spent in prayer you know, we should be encouraged and know that actually there is so much power in praying um, together. And I like Psalms 133, it gives such a good picture of when we as a body come together and our unity and community and are praying together. And it says, Psalms 133, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down Aaron's beard, down the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. So um, this was just an, as an encouragement that the apostles were ordinary people. I can't stress that, that they were everyday people. People probably who had no social influence or anything like that, but they were willing to follow Jesus. And then Jesus, the Holy Spirit, will do the rest. But we need to take that step. We need to, he's invited us, and we need to grab hold of that invitation and um, follow him. And as we begin to do this, as we begin to spend more time with God and in community and in prayer, um, those around us will begin to see that, no, wait a minute, these people have spent time with Jesus. So even like my family will say, oh, Zikamai, oh, she must have spent time with Jesus. I know Zikamai, but, you know, and stuff like that. And I think that's going to be the same for us. And, and I think it's really important in this time where there's so much uncertainty, so much grief, so much hurt. You know, people are isolated from families. People don't know what the future holds. There's so much anxiety and everything that's going on. But we have got the good news. You know, we've got the hope that people are looking for. We know of the light that will shine into the darkness. And therefore, I, yeah, it's just an encouragement, church, that let's follow Jesus daily. 
let's be there and see what God will do with ordinary men, ordinary women like you and me for his glory and for his kingdom. I hope you're all blessed. Um, thank you.